Maybe now that weed has been legalized, it's it's like the you know the marketing <laughs> and product development teams got really high, and they're like, you know, it'd be really great. Hey, dude. hey, David. Hey, Amy. How are you? I'm good. How was your food week? No, before we go there, Miss mm. Traverso, I have to say that you are absolutely presumptuous. Oh my God! You are presumptuous how. as I am too. Terribly presumptuous. Do you I realize, can't wait to hear. <laughs> do you realize we start these shows? Hey, Amy. Hey, David. As if the world knows who we are. No one knows who we are. <laughs> All every other podcaster that I listen to says what the name is of the show, who they are. Even the Queen of England used to tell people she was the Queen of England. She was your sovereign. And then she went into her yearly or Christmas address. And we're like, hey, Amy, hey, David, what's going on? So, Do you really think she was like, hello, I'm Elizabeth Regina? Is I don't think Regina she did that. I think, didn't she like, she just didn't go. So for Christmas... This is what I was thinking. It's, I think there must be, or maybe someone introduced her. You know, uh, yeah, that's probably, yeah. You know, Queen Elizabeth II is speaking to you about Christmas. And, and then she went in, <laughs> there was some intro. So I think that you should introduce yourself to okay. me. There are people who may have never heard of us. Right, all right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Amy Traverso of Yankee Magazine and Weekends with Yankee. And I'm David Leet of Leet's Culinaria. And this is our podcast, Talking With My Mouthful. That's okay. Yeah. I think I that, like that, that work. works. Okay. These people know who we are. <laughs> okay. So, well, let's get on to our normal thing. How was yeah. your food week? My food, you mean my food fortnight? Food fortnight, gosh, yes. Food fortnight. My food fortnight has been, has been interesting and good. I think the highlight of my food fortnight is I made the mac and cheese with brie again. That you can find on Leeds Culinary? Yes, you can find it on the site. So it's brie. And it's got a little bit of cheddar and it's got Parmesan and it's got seasoned cracker crumbs on top. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you, it is so easy and so amazingly delicious that friends of ours are coming over on Sunday for dinner and they requested that recipe. Nice. The whole two weeks has been about prepping for work, but also getting stuff ready for going to people's homes. So I also have made the white chocolate cake with pistachio buttercream frosting which is in the freezer in all its component parts, and I'll assemble it on Saturday. And the New York Times chocolate chip cookies. Somebody heard the podcast. I'm going to their house <laughs> for dinner on Saturday, and uh -huh. they want those cookies. So I've made those, and those are in the refrigerator. Oh, that's great. Isn't it nice to be cooking for people again after? It is so uh, wonderful. Yeah. How about you? How was your food fortnight? So my story is a definitely a different emotional timber. I have a very sad story, but it's, oh. I feel like it's also meaningful and about what food can be. Our dear friend Bob passed mm. away very suddenly oh. and unexpectedly. And, I'm so sorry, um, Amy. Yeah, thanks. And his wife and daughter are amazing people who mm. uh, have shown incredible strength during this time. And we went to the Shiva, which is, you know, in the Jewish tradition, after the funeral, you go to the family's home mm -hmm. and you sort of gather around them. You make sure they're fed. Mm -hmm. And depending on whether you're sort of reform or orthodox or conservative, it, it, it can take different forms, but it's basically that surrounding people with, with their community yeah. and feeding them and just being there for them. So mm -hmm. I brought a cake I was working on for Yankees July issue. It's a tea cake with corn and blueberries and oh, this lime yeah. glaze. It's and I was very happy with it and I was I thought oh this is you know great I'll share it with the people. And it just it's this small thing in the vast ocean of what 
this family is going through. But there was just this moment where some of the family uh, started eating the tea cake and they yeah. really liked it. And yeah. they they were sort of smiling and sharing. Oh, yeah. um, and then they looked over and they're like, this is so good. You know, and it was just, it was this moment of levity. And then some other people came over and again, such a small thing, but it was so meaningful that like this little thing I made just gave that family a moment of pleasure and a moment of like something happy to share. So, you know, sometimes I feel like what we do can be very frivolous Mm -hmm. and sort of fluffy and, you know, but it was just a good reminder of what cooking can be. And I just want to dedicate this episode to Bob, which is about Uh to get a lot more lighthearted. And he was a, he was a guy who loved humor. So Bob, this episode is for you. It's, it's mailbag mail time. <laughs> that was bad. Well, we have no mail this week, so thank you folks for not sending anything in. And maybe, Amy, if you and I kind of get this together, <laughs> maybe next time we will we have we learn mail. how to so, sing together. <laughs> yeah, so okay. folks, you know, send in your questions, send in your thoughts, send in your reviews, send in your hate mail. We'd like to read it. We don't want to have an empty mailbag. And where should they send it, David? They can send it to you or to me on social, which is at David Leet or at Amy Traverso. Yes. If they go to their favorite podcast platforms, there is a place there where you can click and you can actually chat with us. You can send in a audio message or leave a review and we, and we can read that. And we could play the audio message, which exactly. would be really nice. Exactly. That's the wonderful thing. Yes. So what's okay, up well, in news? I, yeah, in news. So this one's sort of funny, and it's mm-hmm. been a it's a bit a little running theme. So the Last of Us, which you know oh, the premi- yes. the final episode aired, what was it uh, last week, two weeks yeah. ago, was great. We it all loved was. it. We got Absolutely. obsessed. Absolutely. And of course, the deadly zombie fungus that kills the entire world, except for a chosen few, right. uh, was cordyceps, yes. and uh, that was based loosely on science because cordyceps is a species of mushroom that can infect certain insects and turn them into zombie killing machines. Absolutely. So funnily enough, you and I had talked a while ago about beneficial mushrooms that we may consume. And I said we'd drink this mushroom tea. (laughs) And then we went to look at the label. And of course, it It contains cordyceps. (laughs) We're not the only ones who were a little freaked out by this. I think a few people have been spooked by cordyceps. So I just want to share that there are 750 species of cordyceps. Mm -hmm. Um, And I learned this from Gastro Obscura, which is such a great website. I love Gastro. Obscura. So cool. And so I I wanted to bring this up to you because they interviewed someone named Val Ray King of Philadelphia Mm -hmm. who grows cordyceps for Mm -hmm. the market. And they developed a special interest in this because they experienced some relief of their Lyme disease symptoms from taking cordyceps. Exactly. And that's why I take cordyceps, but I stopped after I started singing the show. I got nervous. (laughs) But yes, cordyceps and lion mane are the two mushroom supplements that I take. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so Gastro Obscura interviewed Priscilla Chaveri, who's an associate professor of mycology, who explained that insects have very different tissues than us and their immune systems are very different. For cordyceps to mutate, this is a quote from her, to evolve and start killing massive amounts of humans could probably take many millions of years. So I'm going to rest easy with that. Oh, that's cordyceps. a relief. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to happen to us, at least at the moment. But yeah, it was, it did take me back when I realized when they said cordyceps and they had it all based in something, I was like, unlike The Walking Dead where 
just something happened, right? This was something that, oh my God, we all know, cordyceps. And it made me a little freaked out. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's funny. Well, we're not alone. So any other news, food news this fortnight? Well, yeah, so this isn't brand new news. It's not a new idea, but I recently read an article that just reminded me of something I'm pretty annoyed by. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this... This is sounding like a moment of outrage and indignation with Amy Traverso. Is that it? Is this <laughs> one of is. those? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Adam, play the music. And now it's time for a moment of outrage and indignation with Amy Traverso. <laughs> so Jesse Sparks of mm-hmm. Eater wrote a column about this. Mm-hmm. It's about stunt ice cream flavors, which are proliferating. What's stunt ice cream it's flavors? It's so annoying. What is it? So it's these cross-promotional marketing plays, okay? Oh, they call oh. them collabs, uh-huh. where, say, Baskin-Robin does a chicken and waffles flavor ice cream. Ugh. But the biggest offender is Van Leeuwen, which... Oh, they've partnered with Hidden Valley Ranch, and they have a Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream flavor. They they've do not. Are you yes, serious? they partnered with Kraft Macaroni and Cheese for National Mac and Cheese Day, which is another source of outrage for Are me. Are you serious? Right, so you're getting two. You're getting two. squared. It's you're like getting outrage squared. It's outrage. They <laughs> oh, did. They currently have Idaho Malted Milkshake and Fries. Okay. Oh my God. And I'm then sorry. They this is gross. With the movie Glass Onion to do a glass onion flavor, which combines bourbon, caramelized onion, jam, honeycomb, and Greek yogurt. This is like the marketing department has taken over the kitchen. It's I, this. They're right, getting I'm looking paid. This up. They're getting yes. paid to make these flavors, right? So it's like a total money grab. Okay. This just offends me because ice cream is a gift from God. It was sure. something God gave us to make life happier. After he banished us in the Garden of Eden, he gave us ice cream. I understand right. that. And it's totally, totally polluting this pure source of joy. Well, I just looked it up, this Van Leeuwen, which I had never heard of this brand. So it says only good ingredients you can pronounce. I'm looking at the mac and cheese. So mm. here we go. Really? Cream. Kraft macaroni yeah. and cheese is yeah. something you can... Mm. Cream, milk, cane sugar... Egg yolks, craft cheese sauce mix, which has ah, whey. I can pronounce it. Exactly. Whey, milk fat, salt, milk protein concentrate, sodium triphosphate, contains less than 2% of tapioca flour, citrus acid, lactic acid, sodium phosphate, calcium phosphate with paprika, turmeric, and a netto added for color enzymes and cheese culture. So you can pronounce it if you know it, science. Yeah, if you're able to pronounce triphosphate. You know, <laughs> I don't want that junk in my ice cream. That's. I'm sorry. I want my mac and cheese for dinner. And I right. want my ice cream for dessert. Right. Never the twain shall meet. Maybe, you know, maybe now that weed has been legalized, it's it's like the, you know, the marketing <laughs> and product development teams got really high and they're like, you know, it'd be really great. Hey, dude, let's like <laughs> see if we can do this, man. That'd be so cool. Yeah, dude. That's it's very funny, It's bad enough Andy. that Van Leeuwen, I don't, I'm sorry to hate on them, but it's bad enough. All of their pints say established like E-S-T, right? Brooklyn, 2008. Hey, I mean, Don't what? start hating on that. My site says established 1999. So don't well, start hating. You've, okay, first of all, you've made it a couple of decades and yeah. that's impressive. It's the Brooklyn thing. It's like, in what way does being from Brooklyn, like, sorry, in what way is Brooklyn associated with ice cream? I mean, if it said established 
Vermont right. 2008. That would be more meaningful to me. It's this kind of twee, like Brooklyn artisan <laughs> brand that I just, oh, I really annoys me. I just have to say something, my dear Amy. I don't think you're ever going to finish therapy. <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to finish I'm therapy. a lifer. I'm a lifer. This has been a moment of outrage and indignation with Amy Traverso. David, the theme of this episode is mm. spring cleaning. I think mm-hmm. we both wanted to use it as an excuse to go through our pantries yes. and our drawers. Right. Just get rid of the excess. Yeah, well, I have to tell you, when you suggested this idea, full disclosure, I thought it was a dumb one. I just thought, (laughs) what? Nobody wants to hear this. And I don't have anything in my pantry or anything like that. And then I decided to go look and I went scouting because we have two pantries upstairs in the kitchen and also downstairs in the basement. And it is a culinary cemetery. (laughs) <laughs> in there. It is the Pierre Lachaise of food. It is the Bermuda Triangle of expired comestibles. I could go on and go on. <laughs> I was shocked at how many things we have accumulated and never gotten rid of. So thank you. This actually is a brilliant idea because it gave me a reason to go through things and start sorting out and give away some stuff too. Well, we always like when we embarrass ourselves on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. we, always, we find it we really somehow cathartic so well. to confess our worst secrets. So, exactly. David, what did you find in your, in your pantry? So many, many things. But some of the highlights are a jar of unused passata from 2018, okay. which is a tomato sauce, uh-huh. rice wine vinegar from 2018, mm-hmm. five boxes of seafood or chicken stock, from 2019. Those are some of the highlights. I mean, it goes on and goes on and goes on. Because one of the problems that we have, damn Costco, is that the one likes to buy 18 things of something. And I'm like, it'll go to waste. No, that's okay. We'll use it all. And we don't. Right. That's one of the big problems. What about you? What did you find? What are your highlights? What's interesting is I I noticed some themes emerging. Mm -hmm. Actually, my pantry was telling stories about my life. So there were the... De- expired diet foods, oh, which yeah. sort of the the foods that reflected like maybe now I'll be a different person. So sure. the sugar free teriyaki marinade from 2013, mm. the uh, 60 calorie yogurt ranch salad dressing, which I think was from 2018. There are several sugar free things that was obviously I was on some sort of a low carb kick at that point. Right. This one expired in. Uh, so we're doing show and tell there. Right. Yeah, so I've got a sugar-free honey dipping sauce, honey mustard dipping sauce from 2019. Oh, and this one. How's this one? Remember fake peanut butter? It's like a peanut butter powder. Oh, yeah, PB2, add, yeah. Yeah, and you add water. Like, why can't we just have nice peanut butter? Exactly. And the I can't believe it's not butter spray, which it's funny to me that this has an expiration date because is there anything in here that could actually expire? <laughs> <Go bad. laughs> So, and then there were like, there was one thing that has not gone bad that was nice, which is a maple vinegar Mm -hmm. from Quebec that I got when I went up to do a tour of the sugar shacks during maple season. And it's actually delicious. Uh 
There were also the themes of uh, my mother-in-law coming to visit. <laughs> she, <laughs> my mother-in-law, who I adore, and she actually just visited, she likes to spray rose water on her face as yeah. sort of one of her little self-care things. And she keeps it in the fridge because it feels better when you spray it on cold. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. And she has two bottles in our fridge <laughs> from earlier visits. And it's actually a nice little reminder of her. So here we go. You're going to spritz. There's Amy spritzing mm, oh, her face. <laughs> you know what? It feels really nice. Does it? Nancy, I've learned a trick from you. I'm oh going to do this. It feels really <laughs> what good. What is your show turned into? <laughs> Spritzing our face. You brought up a relationship A relationship, yes, yes. One of the things that has happened to us when it comes to these expired, like my winner, by the way, is a 2016 Caro Syrup which is Ooh. the light, but you really can't see it as I'm holding it up. It is almost caramel colored. Right. It is just changed. It's, it's aged. It it's has a to, patina. It's aged. Yes, it's aged. Like a good wine. The one and I have this dynamic of like, well, you taste it. No, you taste it. No, you taste it. Remember the old <laughs> commercial of, hey, Mikey, eat it. He won't eat yeah. it. He hates everything. It's that. And then we argue who's going to taste it to see if it's still good. And then we're like, well, if we cook with it, we'll like kill all the the, the, the germs and the microbes. So it's going to be okay, right? And we have done this like with kind of like, funky smelling meat and sausage oh and some oh packaged God. stuff. And yeah, we've kind of played that that roulette game, you know? Okay, and but it's not just the bacteria, it's the things that the bacteria secretes, right? So like botulism toxin. Oh yeah, that too. If, yeah, if you kill the botulism, <laughs> there's still the toxin. I won't have any wrinkles <laughs> on my forehead, you know? And yeah, so we play that roulette game. And uh, <laughs> so that's one of the things that, that I thought, wow, we need to get rid of a lot of this stuff. Because that yeah, was well, it. So your oldest thing was 2013. So I think, you know, ding, no, ding, ding. It's there's worse. There's worse. Oh, my Amy. Wow. I know. You went into okay. the bowels of your pantry. I know. It's so bad. No, I didn't even have to go. This has been sitting in plain sight for, drum roll, 12 years. This is... No, I think it's more. I think it's 13 years. This is candy cap oil. Okay, the, speaking of mushrooms, this is an oil that uh, has been... Um, infused mm -hmm. with candy cap mushrooms. Okay. Now, it has this wonderful kind of maple sweet flavor, mm -hmm. can, the candy cap. And it actually, little tip, makes a wonderful addition. Ooh, that smells bad. Uh, but <laughs> in, in its fresh form, it makes a wonderful addition to tomato sauce. It's just a tiny oh, bit. Oh, interesting. Just, yeah, it gives us this combined umami, but with like a sweet edge that mm -hmm. like softens your acidic tomato sauce. So, I kept it because I do like to throw it into tomato sauce. And then I obviously forgot about it. So this is probably the worst offender is my 13-year-old candy cap oil. That, that, yeah, so you <laughs> do win the ding, ding, ding. You are the winner. Applause. Amy is the winner. So <laughs> these are all going to go. And also when it comes to spices now, what I do is I buy Ooh, yeah. really small packets of spices now. Right. Except ones that I know I'm going to use a lot because I get rid of them once a year. Mm -hmm. And because they just lose their potency. And I was really tired of getting rid of, you know, jars. So I buy little packets and it yes. makes it so much easier and there's really no waste. So I'm very happy about that. Right. Well, can I ask you a question actually before we move on? Because this is a marital issue for me. Mm. An opened jar of tomato-based product, like a sauce or mm -hmm. salsa, right? Mm -hmm. How long do you think that this should be kept in the fridge or used after it's been opened? Well, I think it should be used within like a week to two weeks maximum. 
I agree. My husband mm -hmm. seems to feel that you keep it until it shows visible signs, signs of, mold. of mold on the top. Yes. So does my husband. And then yep. his thing is, well, blue cheese has mold in it and we eat blue cheese. So let's just take the mold <laughs> off. Scrape it off. Eat what's underneath. Yes, we go through that also. Oh, it's very frustrating. So I actually, the thing that's given me the most joy to discard has yeah. been these tomato products. And I can say that you backed me up. So thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. Expect an angry phone call from Scott. <laughs> 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 Is there a category of products that you tend to accumulate? Like I have these syrups that mm -hmm. always sound great. And I think yeah. a lot of the foods that sit in our fridge are kind of aspirational foods. Like I'm going to be the kind of person that makes cocktails more often. Yes, so I, have I went ginger through that. Syrup and you know cassis syrup for all yep. the yeah okay every summer I go this is the summer of the gimlet go right. buy roses lime juice we buy another bottle of gin although we've got like all these bottles all over the house not because we're hiding in the rockaholics we just forget <laughs> where we put them and we never have it and then so the next year. There's a second bottle of roses right, lime juice that right. is bought and they just right. accumulate and then they really do start to change color. So I've got yes. roses lime juice, I have pomegranate molasses for some drinks right. and then friends come, we always say whatever, there's a cocktail you want, bring the ingredients and then we'll get the liquor. So we have all of their things of what they, yes. and then so the door is filled with all this cocktail stuff and yes. all we really drink is wine. We're just wine right. drinkers. And so, right. yeah, we went go through that too. It's, it's, it's interesting. That's what happens, I think, when you're a food person is you're yeah. trying recipes, you're testing recipes, and you need two tablespoons of something and you're not gonna right. use that ingredient again. And what do you do? You know, so right. it ends up being stockpiling. This um, has been actually a lesson to me as a recipe developer to not develop recipes that require people to buy yeah, something. Of, yeah. yeah, that they'll never use again. You know, right. or give them instruction of what to do with the remainder of the stuff. Yes. You know, hey, put roses, lime juice in, blah, blah, blah. Make right. roses, lime juice, ice cubes, and then put yes. them in your lemonade. Good idea. Something like that. So therefore nothing is wasted. Yes. Let's talk about gadgets and stuff. Yeah, What's yeah, yeah. the one that you really wanted to get rid of? Okay. I actually, all of these I wanted to get your opinion on. Okay, sure, happy to. The, yes, okay. So this, I'm mm. holding in my hand what is an avocado, avocado slicer. slicer. Mm -hmm. uh, do I need this, David? I mean, I love avocados. Mm -hmm. I like avocado toast. It is nice when the avocado toast, I think I'm going to keep it. It does look nice when it's evenly sliced. <laughs> if you ask my husband, we have two of them. One in the you city, do. one in the country. He is insanely into that. Really? And he gives them right. to everybody as gifts. And I'm like, people don't need it. But he gives everybody that as a gift. Wow, interesting. Gift. All mm. right, you show me one. Okay, so this one, you're probably gonna, this is gonna hurt you. You ready? I'm sorry. A ravioli set? Oh, yeah. See, I I'll understand. I'll give it to you if you want. I have my grandmother, so I'll never oh. get rid of it, but I get it. I I've get had it. this for 30 years and I've right. never used it. I always thought one day I'm gonna make ravioli. And whenever right. I make ravioli, I just do it by putting a sheet of, uh, pasta on the counter and then doing dollops of the cheese or the filling, another one on top, and I cut it. I don't yes. use this. So that one hurts, but that's going. Well, you know, I was looking at the attachments. My father-in-law gave me the the pasta attachments for my KitchenAid. Yeah. And I thought, God, when have I last used this? Oh, it, it, again, I it's can't. an aspirational thing. I'm keeping them yeah. because someday I will be somebody who regularly makes yeah, absolutely. pasta. I use my KitchenAid attachments for pasta. You do. I mean, I do. I've used them. I just don't make homemade pasta as often as I would like. What else? Uh, okay, this one, this is tough. Mm. It's 
a little oh, butane no. torch. One never gets rid of their. I know you can't get rid of the butane torch, but when's the last torch. time they made like you know creme brulee? Creme brulee. But you, but you will can't get someday. rid of it because I know. No, you can't. No, and it's I also know. very good to keep people away from you when you're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want them near you. So then I realized I had two strawberry hellers. One is kind of cheap plastic and right. the other one is a nice hard plastic with metal. So I'm going to donate to Goodwill. It mm-hmm. works well. I have used it a million times, but it's just not quite as good. Okay, how about you? What's your next one? Well, all of my small gadgets I actually have already given away. So I, I realize I don't have oh. them. I had a strawberry heller. I had the pitter. Yep. I got rid of I that. I love my pitter for cherries. Yeah, I, just, I love cherries. I'm I just cherry. got rid of it because I figured yeah. it's, just, it's easier just to poke it out. Got rid of right. that. But I think my problem is the bigger appliances because I get all of the appliances because people oh, cook with them. right, right. right. So the one that I'm finally ready to get rid of Ooh. is the deep fryer. <gasps> really? I used it for one recipe in 2007 from my cookbook and I just don't use it. And I'll tell you, it was between that, between the sous vide machine, and between the electric griddle. Okay. It was those three. So I couldn't get rid of the sous vide yet or the electric griddle, so I'm getting rid of the deep fryer. But I may have to winnow it down. But the thing is, I just do this thing. What if I need to make an air fryer recipe? I know. And I just did. I had to test something for the site. It was an air fryer recipe, and there it is. I needed it. And so I had to use it. And so thank God I had it. Yeah. All right. Amy, what about anything that you just simply cannot give away? Well, this is one. So this is another oh, aspirational yes, that's, that's object, mine too. right? Yep. So I got this at Italy. It's a it's a little wooden tool for putting ridges in gnocchi. Like for, yeah, gnocchi or cavatelli. <laughs> or cavatelli. It's a yes. little pasta making tool. It's tiny, it's maybe I love four that inches one. long. Yep. And how often do I use it every year? Maybe once. I know. But I'm not going to get rid of it because, you know, it's kind of part of my heritage. It's just a neat thing. And I feel so old and grandmotherly when I use it with my thumb going down those ridges. I love that. I know. I'm I'm not giving that away either. Okay. What about you? What's something you would never give up? Well, I call it my French finger guillotine. (laughs) You know what it is? (laughs) The mandolin. Oh, God. French finger guillotine. Yes. I'll never give it up. It's a professional one. And I have cut myself endlessly on that thing. But my God, does it make the thinnest, most beautiful slices of potatoes for potatoes gratin or for potatoes stéphanois. I mean, it's just wonderful. So that's one thing I'll never give away. I'm mortified when I use it. Cleaning it scares the hell out of me, but I will never give that one away. Do you use the the guard on it when you use it? It didn't come with a guard. It's a professional one, so there's no guard. It's the flat You're supposed to be better than that, right? I do have one that's OXO, which is good. It really, it's very, very good, but it leaves a very thick piece of whatever vegetable, potato that you're slicing, and this one doesn't. So that's okay. the one I'll never get rid of. What about yeah. you? Well, you know, I struggle. This one, I'm I'm torn. Again, I need your advice. I struggle with mezzalune. Me, well, I guess the Italian a mezzalune. mezzalune. Yes. So I have this little tiny one. It's meant to be for herbs. So it's mm-hmm. it's like a little um, half moon shaped blade. Mm-hmm. And you, in theory, you rock over it. This one just feels so small to me. Yeah. I have one that was my great grandmother's and it's nice and big. It's the, the big classic one, one right. with the wooden handles. Yeah. That one I would use. I think I'm going to get rid of this one. Yeah. And then there are certain things that I'm just going to keep like the ice cream maker. How many times do I make ice cream? Three I'm times, not gonna, maybe yeah. a year. But what about when you make your mac and cheese, your brie <laughs> mac and cheese? <laughs> I put it in the ice cream. And you can come together with the ice oh, cream we've maker. Come full circle. We have. Yeah. <laughs> ah, 
<laughs> Actually, I have two ice cream makers and I'm going to get rid of one of them. I never realized until this episode, so thank you, Amy, how much all of my work stuff has encroached on the basement. Mm. You have to, it's now kind of like a hoarder's basement where you right. have, we have little tracks and little alleys that you walk through because there's so much stuff down there and I need to organize it, but um, got to get rid of a lot of stuff and yeah, do something yeah. with it. But yeah, so it's going to be a very interesting springtime. So what about leftovers? Do you have anything with leftovers? Well, you know, I'm interested in, Tamar Adler has a new book about mm. how to use leftovers to eliminate food waste. Which and is great. It's so perfect. It's so perfect for this time because, you know, we're talking about getting rid of stuff that's been sitting in our fridges, particularly that relates to our jobs um, right. as recipe developers. Of course, we are in a time of a lot of people having food insecurity. Yeah, the lines true. at the food pantry down the street from me are ever longer. And so her message is so good about helping people have the skills to to use all the food that they have. And the book is called The Everlasting Meal Cookbook. And it just has recipes for all kinds of leftovers from A to Z, inspired by an earlier book that she wrote called The Everlasting Meal, which uh, was more kind of essays and recipes. So mm -hmm. I love what she's doing. And for me, you know, when I do manage to repurpose leftovers into a new dish. I don't think I ever feel better about myself as a cook than when I managed to do that. Like, yeah. you know, there's some leftover pasta. A friend of mine taught me you can make actually delicious frittata by folding that Absolutely. pasta into yes. the frittata. You know, there's so many things you can do to make something new again. How yeah. about you? Yeah, I agree with you. One of the things that we are really into now is trying to make sure we use everything up as much as we possibly can. Yeah. And I'm cooking a lot more now, so the one is thrilled about this, because I have so many things I have to photograph for the site. And right. so I'm making all these dishes, but pasta is one of them. And I made pasta, I hate to say it, about a week ago, and I still have some left. Right. It's probably gone beyond that point. So it's like, we'll cook it and kill any kind of germs, but I'm going to put it into a frittata today with some Perfect. potatoes. And then we have that and use it up. Because I don't like when we go through, because I, I get very mad. I'm like, look at this jar. There's only three olives you took right. out of it. Right. And the truth of the matter is, it's because we buy such big quantities because we shop at Costco. And I don't right. like that mentality. I'm like, we should shop at smaller stores and get smaller yes. quantities. So that's kind of my thought about uh, leftovers. But we definitely are trying to find ways to re use mm -hmm. everything we can. Our freezer, thank God, we have so much space. We have a really big freezer. Oh, that's so we put great. a lot of things down there. Right. And we do have freezer meals and we do yeah. go freezer diving. And yeah. we go, okay, we're not going to go shopping today for right. food. Let's go freezer diving. Whatever's yes. there, we're going to have to make. Right. And you know, chat GPT uh -huh. has a feature now that if it's not out yet, if you take a picture of what's in your refrigerator, no. it will give you a recipe of what to make. Well, there goes our jobs. I know. Well, I guess they still need the recipes, right? Can they yeah, make up recipes? It'll tell you what you could make. You could like do this and do that. But okay. I think that's a great idea. It is a great so, idea. Yeah. So the challenge I'm having right now, and anyone who lives in a northern climate who's trying to eat locally can relate to this. Once you get around to March, you're so tired of root vegetables, which are yep. coming in your farm share. I mean- Grateful for the farmers who give us the root vegetables, yep. but you know, after you're kind of ready for some greens and yeah, how many times we, can you have roasted rutabaga, turnips and rutabagas right, and, and right. all that? I agree. I, yeah, I agree. 
So mm. I've been making a lot of soups to just use them. You know, yes. just use them. They're great in soups. I actually made a lentil soup the other day. <laughs> I love lentil soup. It's this incredibly comforting recipe that you can make from stuff you already have in your pantry. I like Melissa Clark's lentil soup from the New York Times. And her recipe calls for carrots. And I had a lot of parsnips in my fridge, which Mm -hmm. are not that different, but have definitely a more aromatic flavor than carrots. And actually, I thought it improved the dish. So yeah, it was good to to have that. So if you want to make Melissa Clark's, try it with parsnips. It's, it's, It's really good. So David, just to wrap mm-hmm. this up, what did you learn about yourself from this exercise? I'm not thoughtful enough. I'm not a thoughtful enough cook mm-hmm. and I'm not a thoughtful enough recipe developer mm-hmm. because instead of checking before I go to the store to get an ingredient, mm, I go to the yep. store and I go, hmm, I wonder if I have it. Well, just in case, I'll I buy do that. more. Oh, yes. And that's how I've ended up with when I was working on a no-churn chocolate ice cream with marshmallow fluff and Oreos and everything. That's why I have three containers of half-filled marshmallow fluff. Right. And I didn't eat it. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things I learned. What about you? I think I learned that I need to assume that the person I am today is the person (laughs) I am going to be a year from now. I mean, look, I have changed and grown. That's all good. But fundamentally, I'm not going to magically become a different person. Nope. And I also need to assume that the people that I develop recipes for are not magically going to become people who want to make a dish with ginger syrup that's going to sit in their in their fridge yeah. forever. Yeah, and and just true. be who we are, be a little simpler and, you know, a little less accumulative. Mm-hmm. But, you know, David, I love you just the way you are. And I don't think you should change a thing, except maybe check your pantry before you go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Talking With My Mouthful is produced by Overt Studios and our producer is Adam Claremont, who will never expire for us. You can reach Adam and Overt Studios at overtstudios.com. And remember to follow Talking With My Mouthful wherever you download your favorite podcast. And a new feature, if you like what you hear, you can support us, just like public media. You can find a link on our show page on your favorite podcast platform. Click it and support us. Even a dollar will do. Bye, David. Ciao. Full disclosure, I thought it was a dumb one. I just thought, <laughs> what? Nobody wants to hear this. And first of all, I don't have anything in my closet. Yeah, in my closet. Oh, hello. That's That was Freudian. <laughs> <laughs>